Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And today we conclude the second of a two-part interview we had with Emily Zenos, a mother out of Minnesota who's been fighting the gender ideology movement in the public and charter schools. We're going to hear about some more of the risks and what our obligations are to be able to fight this movement, to remember that we are the primary teachers of our family. Enjoy. Well, you know, I like that, and I'm sure you've probably read it, but the book When Harry Became Sally by Ryan Anderson is written from the I same sure perspective. Written from the same perspective, so it's not like, hey, the Bible says this, and then all of a sudden everybody tunes you out because you're some religious zealot. This is all common sense. It is. It's yeah. We're we're talking about you know um, visible, measurable, material reality here. <laughs> We're not talking about anything that requires faith to understand. The human body is something that is abundantly clear to all of us and something that um, science has demonstrated in its full beauty and amazingness. So there's nothing we need to cite in terms of our faith. Our faith brings a richness to this debate for sure, but we don't need to um, resort to those arguments at all. So we have medicine um, on our side, we have science on our side, we have common sense on our side, and oh, by the way, we also have faith on our side, and people are still afraid. Yes, that's right. But you know what? I was absolutely petrified of public speaking. In fact, I'm still <laughs> somewhat <laughs> afraid of public speaking, I will say, but I've gotten so much braver. Every time I've had the opportunity to share this point of view, to have a public debate, to speak in front of a crowd, I've gotten a little bit braver. And the other thing parents need to remember is that their courage is contagious. When you get up at a school board meeting, right, and make a charitable but truthful sort of a claim, all those parents around you that are listening that were afraid to say something, maybe at the next board meeting they're going to feel ready to say something now. So we can't discount our own fears, right? We can't say that they don't exist, but the only way to get over them is to face them and say something. Well, that's right. And, you know, you got the Holy Spirit who's going to lead you and guide you. You just have to have the courage to get up there and use one of the, that virtue to say, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, There's too that's much right. at and stake I, not to do it. Right, precisely. That's why we put the um, Ask Me First Parent Resource Guide together, because I really wanted to make the argument that by not saying something, you're sort of tacitly agreeing with this movement, right? So the guide gives an overview of the medical consequences, which I think are the number one most important bit of information to share with people, people that are on the fence. When you tell them that children as young as 9, 10, and 11 are being put on a direct path to permanent sterility, their eyebrows go up, they stop, they start thinking. Those are important facts to share. So we put lots of those medical consequences into the parent resource guide so that when you're having these conversations, you've got some facts you can bring into the conversation that make people realize, oh, there's a whole lot more to this than just sort of celebrating a new identity or something like that. Well, the other part I like is, I mean, and I know you have to do it, but it really gives you confidence, is you did a great job on footnoting. I mean, there is no way somebody's going to say, where did you get that? You're right. And you know what? A lot of those footnotes, in fact, probably the majority of the footnotes we used 
come from the pro-transgender movement or the pro-transgender side of this debate. I wanted to make the point that, you know, the information that's coming out of studies from doctors who, who are pro-transition is sh still showing the harms, okay? So there's, there's no study from either side that is showing this is good for kids or good for adults. I mean, when you've got one of the prominent gender clinicians in the country putting out a study just last year that showed a number of girls as young as 13, 13 are having double mastectomies because they identify as boys, you realize how deeply harmful and how deeply dangerous this movement is. So I footnoted as much as I could from the other side, shall we say? Yeah. Just to make the point that you can't deny these harms, not on either side, and I'm not going to be politically ideological in this guide. I don't want I don't want to only cite people from the right. I want to cite everyone because this guide is for everyone. Because public schools are for everyone. Right? Well, and truth and truth is truth, and when they publish truth, you want to share it. And yes. people can that's how else do you know? I mean, we see that what first Corinthians, love rejoices in the truth. And right. good grief, not not these lies that are out there. I mean, because you know, if somebody comes in with some body dysphoria and wants their arm amputated, doctor's gonna go, No way. What's right. the difference? Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why changing the culture right now is so important. We have to remember our doctors, our endocrinologists, our surgeons don't live in a bubble. Right. They're living in a culture where these ideas are becoming popular. They're having more and more parents come in to ask questions or to make demands of them for these types of uh, medical interventions. So the, the importance of speaking out isn't just right about our public schools, but speaking out with our neighbors and our friends means that we're changing the culture one person at a time. That same culture where our doctors are living, that same culture where our judges are living, right? Every time we bring up, we bring the truth into our conversations, we're, we're making little changes to the culture where all of these different institutions exist. Well, and the ripple effects can be catastrophic or good, depending on how you do it. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. I, you know, one thing um, parents need to remember is to be charitable, be charitable in all of your interactions. When you're making a comment at a public board meeting, when you're having that meeting with your school principal, don't come in angry, right? Don't come in angry because, you know, love is, is patient and love is That's kind. Right. And right. they need to know that our concern, honestly, is based on the fact that every child is created in the image of God. Every child deserves to know that they're beautiful just the way they are. That's the only reason we're concerned, and that's the only reason we're coming into your office is to to ensure that every single child in this school knows that. Well, and you know, one of the you know we've talked a lot about um, you know really helping educate and do those type of things. But the other piece of this is, and you kind of talked, you know, we touched on it briefly when we were talking about sports. But how do we protect our children? Right? There's a danger for our girls in bathrooms and locker rooms. So it's more than just an intellectual thing. It's it's really for their safety too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know we 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 travel through this world in a body, um, so our laws and policies need to reflect that fact. And it needs they need to reflect the fact that there are real differences between the sexes. And because of that, we have since forever separated out. 
um, areas that we use for undressing or bathing. Um, we've separated the sexes um, ever since women started participating because, as we mentioned earlier, um, there are real differences that no matter how hard a woman trains, that she can't overcome. So um, for, for our daughter's sake, it's so important that we advocate for good policies that reference sex and not gender identity because without it, they have lost their right to privacy and safety in places like school locker rooms and restrooms. And they've lost their right to excel in sports because guess what? Girls who have to compete against boys in high school will never excel. They'll never get first place. Second thing is they're putting their safety on the line. You know, imagine your daughter playing soccer um, with a couple of big strapping boys on the team. Um, that's that's putting her at real risk. You know, they run into each other all the time in soccer. There are concussions oh, yeah. all the time. Absolutely. That's only, that's only going to get worse when you have bigger, faster, stronger players called boys on the team. Yeah, and I think, you know, not only are we to educate our children, we have to protect them. And I think that's a good point that gets lost. And a lot of times people say, ah, you know, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, no, but no guy, no dad wants his daughter in a locker room with a guy. I don't care what he's wearing or what he looks like. Yeah, I would, I have to say, you know, it's mostly women that are speaking out on this issue. It's not all women. There are a lot of great men who also are, but it's mostly women um, from the right and the left, in fact, who are speaking out. But I would appreciate some more dads. Let me tell you, I would appreciate some more dads. I would appreciate some more um, male coaches of girls' athletic teams saying, nope, this isn't happening, and here's why, and laying out those arguments. I think that would be really powerful and very complementary to the very feminine voices that are speaking out right now. Well, I'm glad you actually brought that up because we see men become way too passive in way too many things. You know, you can't take a back seat. You're, you have a job. You're, you're called to do something when you're a dad and a, and a husband. And to sit back and just kind of let things go, you know, shame on us if we do that. Yeah, well, that goes for all of us. Any of us who, um, you know, let any of this go are now going to bear the, the responsibility for the consequences that come of it. But as parents, you know, it's our primary responsibility to make sure that our kids are educated and are protected throughout their childhood. So there is no way that any one of us can should think we can get away with not saying something. And, and, you know, another point that I think is important to make is that some of us don't have our kids in public schools, um, or some of us think to ourselves, okay, well, when this particular issue comes up at my kid's school, that's it. I'm just going to pull them out. Okay, fine. You know, that's that's your right to do that. Mm-hmm. But we we don't have the right to stay silent on the issue because, again, 95% of kids in this country are going to public schools. A lot of those kids don't have the option to go to a private school. A lot of those kids have single-parent families where that single parent is working hard and a lot of hours. Some of these kids are coming from immigrant families where their parents don't know how to engage with the school because of language barriers. We've got a responsibility to advocate on their behalf as well. We can't just say, all right, I'm out of here. You know, enough of this. I'm going to take my kids somewhere better and too bad for all the kids left behind. No way. We've got a job to do for them too. Well, and I can't, I can't agree with you more. I think, you know, sometimes we, we, we give ground, we give ground, we give ground because our kids are in Catholic school and they'll be insulated. Well, two things. One, you can't give ground because soon there'll be no ground to give. 
But the other thing is they're not insulated. They're watching movies. They're on they're on the internet. I mean, they're getting this stuff one way or the other. So to abdicate and think, well, because I sent my kid to Catholic school, I'm living in a panacea is ridiculous. You're so right about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Parents, I mean, again, if 95% of the kids in this country are going to public schools, right, then that's the culture. That is the culture that all kids are living in. If you've got an internet connection, if your kid has a smartphone, if you watch TV, these ideas are coming through. Regardless of whether you're homeschooling or you've got your kids in a Catholic school, these ideas are going to come through anyway. So that's why it's so important we speak out that we look towards our public schools as a huge influencer on our culture, but we're also prepared for um, that culture to influence even our kids when they're at a Catholic school. If you read Rod Dreher at all, you know, he likes to talk about the trans Mm -hmm. issue a lot. And, you know, he's recently brought up a couple of, of his readers who were homeschooling or had their kids in private schools who ended up with a kid identifying as trans. No one is immune. No, and that's that's the fallacy that way too many people uh, do. I remember when our kids were younger, we lived in Houston, and we had parents come up to us because our kids, we couldn't afford at the time and uh, to get them into Catholic school, say, well, my kids are just going to grow up fine because they're in Catholic school. <laughs> like, I don't know what delusion you're living under. But you you are still the teacher. That That is not a magic fairy dust. No, no, it's not. And actually, we have to also, you know, remember that our Catholic school administrators and teachers aren't immune either. And they're also growing up in the, or not growing up, but they're also sort of marinating in this culture. So, you know, to make sure that our Catholic schools um, have good policies as well, sometimes we, we, you know, forget that even our Catholic schools sometimes need a little bit of encouragement on these issues. Um, our high school students boy, they could use some more instruction on stuff like the theology of the body. Um, Our our Catholic schools, I I would say, you know, the Catholic Church has the best responses. It has the richest history in terms of our view, our understanding, I should say, of the human person. Let's not bury those treasures in the backyard. Let's make sure our kids understand them and know them and are enriched by them. Well, and let's not forget there's knuckleheads everywhere. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you go into the Catholic Church, it doesn't mean all of a sudden everybody's saintly. That would be nice, but we've all run into people who we think, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, be run around with your eyes open. Don't live like an ostrich with your head in the sand. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Hey, just a, a, one quick question, and then we'll kind of let you go. I appreciate your time. Was there Has there been any effect on your kids or the kids of the people that stood up? You know, did they get grief in school or, you know, were there any ill effects to them? You know, some of the kids were um, at lunch. I got word from my fourth grader at the time that he decided he wasn't going to talk about this stuff anymore because it was clear to him that his friends all disagreed. Um, Then there were some parents of kindergartners who were attending class with the little boy who identified as a girl those kids were coming home and saying things like, mommy, am I going to turn into a boy one day? Um, Or asking questions about, is it possible to just change sex one day? Um, There there was either confusion or there was concern that uh, they would be ostracized for expressing their opinions. 
So it's really important that our kids understand, and we have to communicate this as best we can and as sensitively as we can. We need our kids to understand that the truth comes first, that we don't have to shout the truth in someone's face to the point of, you know, starting a fight, but the truth comes first and we don't agree with something just because it's popular. Um, That's a tough lesson. I think we've all had to learn to some degree or another, but our kids today need to know it more than ever. Well, I think that's a good point because when people get involved, they're going to say, hey, how are my kids going to be treated? Do I need to worry about them? Well, they're going to be treated poorly if they share the truth, whether you stand up and fight anyway. So you might as well fight and make sure that for their safety and that they're in a place where they're not feeling threatened and that type of thing. Because I have heard of, especially in California, kids who opt out of some classes then get, it's like reverse bullying. They get bullied for doing that. Yeah, but we can't make every decision based on the fact that somebody might be offended or somebody might hurl an insult our way. Um, our kids have to learn how to be, you know, a, a little bit tougher than that because... Get a tough skin. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't mean to the point at which they're being abused or bullied right, for something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I think your point's but, taken, yeah. Yeah, to, to the extent that it's important to stand for the truth and to be loving to our neighbors, um, even if that means a little bit of criticism here and there. Well, I mean, for better or worse, I grew up on the East Coast, so that's just part of growing up. If you, it's like you're the tougher the dead out there. Have you ever heard yeah. of the book uh, Made This Way by Trent Horn and Layla Miller? Because they go into a lot of these topics, um, and one of them is, and they come at from a perspective, hey, here's what the church teaches, but here's how you teach, talk to young children, and here's how you talk to, uh, like, teenagers. Have you heard of the book? I have, and I've ordered it, but I haven't read it yet. I apologize. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I I wasn't expecting that you had. I just, I know we've read it and kind of put a series of talks together to go out and and try to help embolden people. But it really all started from reading your resources and then trying to figure out, all right, how how do you do this in a way to equip parents who, you know, live in a state of fear or denial that... Right. Hey, the train the you train's know, coming whether you're you're there or not. Yes, and thank you for doing that because that's exactly what we need to be doing. And I think it's a marriage of the two. It's you know, scare people a little bit <laughs> by letting them know with eyes wide open what's going on. Like A, you need to know what's going on. B the next question is, well, what do we do next? Now that you've put together a resource for parents, that's fantastic. You've got to get their attention first. And then you've got to give them something to take out the door. So I think that's brilliant that you've done that. Thank you. How, what have you guys done in terms of educating parents? I know you have the resource guide, but have you, have you seen a, a, a large interest in, hey, I just need, can you teach me this stuff? Because I got to know it. Yeah, you know, we haven't put together any resources for specifically talking to kids about it. Um, we've tried to take a really, um, I guess I would say sort of like a, a multi-partisan inclusive um, perspective on this and not necessarily put together like, say, a Christian guide for parents who want to talk to their kids about it. Um, but I'm I'm encouraged to know that groups like yours have done something. Well, I, I will say that what you've done is incredible, especially in terms of leading the way for other people. Have you seen other states kind of take up what you're doing? Yes, we do get contacts from other states. Um, I work with an organization called Hands Across the Aisle, which unites women from all over the, the political spectrum, including 
uh, lesbians and radical feminists, along with Catholics and Christians and so forth. Um, so I work with this, this, this huge coalition. And because of that, I get inquiries from all over the country. I get communications from people in all sorts of situations. And this is a resource that everybody wants. Everybody wants to know what's going on and what can I do? So I'm encouraged that there's, there's interest. And I think that's going to make all the difference. So if your listeners want to um, keep up with us, we're at askmefirstmn.org. That's askmefirstmnlikeminnesota.org. The other and, thing I um, think is can... great is you do a lot on Twitter. You really do pass through a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm constantly liking things so that I can uh, remember to use them in homilies or when I'm talking to people. That's another great place to get some resources from you, I think. That's great. Yes, people can find me on Twitter at... Emily underscore Zenos, Z-I-N-O-S. Um, I only use Twitter to talk about this issue. It's not, a, it's not always a very friendly place, but it is a really <laughs> good place to um, find information that you wouldn't find somewhere else. Well, you do share a lot of stuff, especially stuff that's very topical that's going on at the moment, and I think yeah. that's really helpful for people. And, you know, you've written articles and you share articles and news stories. And I think it gives a very broad perspective as what the heck's going on, not just in Minnesota or Colorado, all over the place. That's right. Yep. It's, it's a global movement, um, what, what I call gender identity ideology. It's everywhere. Um, and it's, it's every time they pass a law or a policy, it's going to affect 100% of us because it looks to eradicate sex. And there's not a one of us who doesn't have a sex. Well, that's true. Those that may deny it, but you, it's still a reality whether you deny it or not. But, uh, Emily, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day with seven kids to talk to some Yahoo from another state. So I thank you very much. Deacon Jeff, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Respect Life Radio and the second of a two-part interview with Emily Zenos. Now we have Lynn Grandin with the Respect Life Office of Catholic Charities, to give us kind of a summary of what we've heard, but also a call to action. Lynn, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. I'll bet everybody's heads are swimming after listening to Emily. She is amazing. But let's think this through very simply as to what she discussed that is our responsibility as parents. She really explained that it's parents' responsibility to control the education of their children and to protect them. So I, I really took away from this these ideas of, A, we need to be absolutely confident to know our rights as parents, and she also really explained that we need to be prepared to protect our children. Some of those tough things were with safe places to undress, with sports teams and disappointments and injuries that can occur if this kind of legislation goes through. We need to be ready to share our concerns with our administrators of our schools and with the school boards. And that guide that she's produced um, can really help do that. And then we need to build a network and build a community within our schools, our neighborhoods, to combat this kind of legislation. And, of course, we've got to speak up with charity we can't get angry. Um, we can't be acting afraid. We just have to be charitable, make wise appeals, and not let fear 
dictate our actions. Um, I think another important point is, as parents, we must learn those bullet points of the health consequences behind explaining what happens with this. Permanent sterility is is the main one that some people are completely unaware of, um, and also that the majority of young teens work through those feelings as they mature, about 80-something percent. Um, that's very important to know. And then the 20 times higher suicide uh, danger increase. All of these harms cannot be denied. I appreciated that she said no studies show that this is good for kids. And um, so th- those are really important. What do you think, Deacon? Well, it's really important because we're living it here in Colorado. We just see you know, the legislative bills that keep coming up one after another, whether it's birth certificates or health education or counseling or whatever it is. They're trying to indoctrinate our kids into a gender ideology. So what can parents do here? We kind of heard what they did in Minnesota. What can we do to rally parents here in Colorado? Well, um, a couple other things I, I think, uh, as you were talking, reminded me that she said we also need to learn the terminology that they're using so we can use that effectively and communicate effectively. So we can't bury our head in the sand. We cannot be neutral on these moral issues. So um, we need to, to get her guide and go through it. Um, in the spring, there's going to be a national one that comes out that she mentioned. So we'll all need to get our hands on that. Also, there's a brand new book out that was referenced by Emily and Deacon, and that is called Made This Way. It's available through Catholic Answers, and there's a great chapter in uh, that about the transgender issues and how to effectively talk, um, A, with your young children, and B, with your older children on that. Also, for those of us in Colorado, we have a podcast on our Respect Life Radio website from uh, Deacon Dr. Lappert uh, when he did a discussion on this at our Gospel of Life conference that's chock full of important things that we need to understand about that. And um, you could also come out, pardon me, have us come out and talk to your parents' group. Uh, because we have an entire slideshow and strong presentation about that. So if people want to find out what we're doing or they want to contact us, how best would they do that, Lynn? I think the simple way is our email, life at ccdenver.org, L-I-F-E. So if you're a parent and want to get engaged with this issue, if you want to be on the forefront of protecting children in our public and charter schools, and soon it'll be at our Catholic schools, if we think that this is going to end here... We're whistling Dixie because this is not going to be the end. You've been listening to Respect Life Radio with Catholic Charities. God bless.